Good morning. Everybody spread out here everywhere. Even got Nat on the front pew. You know it's going to be a good service. And VJ brought his crying rags. So you know it's going to be a good service. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to be over in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, verse 15 is where we'll be here shortly. Uh, we're going to be, uh, we asked a question last Sunday, and it's a good question for us to think about. Do you know Jesus? Do you know who he is? And, uh, and like I said last week, it's totally up to you to answer that. We all have our own uh, ideas and thoughts about who he is to us and what he means to us. So once you've answered that question and you figure out who he is, then you've got to ask yourself this question. Do you love him? And that's a big question. Do you love him? Do you love Jesus? And so that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be looking at, at that conversation between Peter and and Jesus, because that was a deep, deep conversation. It may have only been just in two or three little verses there, but it's extremely deep and how it impacts us because of the way Jesus asked him, do you love me? And the answer that Peter keeps coming back to. Now, y'all know this. If you don't know this, I'll tell you again how much I love my wife. I love her to death. And I hope she loves me. She's put up with me for almost 16 years, a little over 16 now. But I was reading something that I didn't know how to take this when I read it. And I actually got mad the first time I read it. And then I had to reread it a couple more times to figure out how he meant this. But I want to read this to you real quick. And this is how a pastor feels about his wife. Not, not all pastors, just this one pastor. There are times that I don't enjoy being with her, but I love her. There are times that I don't want to talk to her, but I love her. I might go for days without talking to her, but I love her. When I don't, or when I do talk to her, it's usually because I want to ask her for something, but I love her. When I do talk to her, I find my mind wandering, thinking about other things, but I love her. She's not a part of my everyday life. I think about her more on Sunday mornings than any other time of the week, but I love her. I just don't care to have much to do with her and make her part of my life, but I love my wife. Now, I read that over and over and over again, and the one that caught my attention was when he said that uh, she's not a part of my everyday life. I think about her more on Sunday mornings than any other time of the week, but I love her. And when I read that a couple times, I realized this guy's trying to compare his love for Jesus and the love he has for his wife. What he's saying right there is the way that we love Jesus. Only certain times. We like him. We like him every now and then. We need him every now and then. But we typically don't really love him as much as we're supposed to. Now, if a marriage was to go to, to be lived based on the way he just read that about his wife, that marriage either won't last long or it's going to be an unhealthy relationship. That man's going to be hurting. <laughs> He's going to have a couple black eyes and probably malnourished. But it don't sound like a relationship that we would have with our spouse. That does, though, sound like the relationship that a lot of people have with Jesus. I need him here and there. I always love him, but I just don't need him as often as I, as, as I should. And that's the way we tend to look at our relationship with him. If we treat our spouses like we treat Jesus, it wouldn't be that happy marriage. And so we need to remember how we love Jesus, how much we love our spouses, how much we are to love Jesus. And it's, it's hard to do sometimes. But we have to show and tell others just how much we love Jesus. And we have to proclaim it. 
And that's a hard thing to do as a Christian, to go out in this world. And I know it doesn't bother me one bit to tell the world how much I love Jesus or how much I love my wife. But for other people, it's hard for them because of the persecution that comes along with it and for uh, the relationships that they might lose when they go out and tell people how they love Jesus. They're going to lose friends. They're going to lo- lose loved ones. And their, fa- their family members are going to make them an outcast because of how they proclaim Jesus and how much they love Jesus. And we're going to look at Peter for just a little bit this morning. Now, Jesus had just met the disciples. And I'll kind of catch you up to where we're getting ready to read. Jesus was over there on the, sea, uh, or on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And then men had been out there. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Peter, he, he says, I go a-fishing. I go a-fishing. So that's what they're doing. These men are out on their boat. They're going a-fishing. And they've been fishing all night long. They've been fishing on the left side of the boat. And they've been casting nets and bringing them in empty and casting and empty and casting and empty. And they're getting tired of it. And they hear a voice from the shore asking them, have you caught anything? No, we ain't caught a thing all night. Cast your nets on the right side. How about toss them to the other side? And they start reeling them in, bringing them nets in just as heavy as they can be. Never broke. The Bible says there's as heavy as they were, they never broke. So Jesus, over on the shore, telling them how to fish, where to fish. And so while they're fishing, Jesus gets him a little fire going. He says a, a, a fire of coal. He's got the little fire of coal going, and he's making them breakfast. He's making them a nice breakfast. And they bring their fish in, and they meet Jesus on the shore. And they have a conversation with him. Now, after they ate, here's what happened. Jesus confronts Peter, but he don't pull him to the side. He don't just say, Peter, come over here, and he talk to you just a second. He confronts him in front of everybody and calls him out. Now, Peter, Peter's a lot like a lot of preachers are. They're fiery. No filter. No, Peter didn't have a filter. And he loved Jesus. But Jesus is going to call him out on love for him. And here, if you will stand with me just a moment, we're going to read uh, John 21, verse 15 through 17. The Bible says, so when they had denied Jesus, I'm sorry, so when they had dined Jesus, saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, which is Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. She saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Remember that word grieved right there. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, saith unto him, feed my sheep. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we start this, uh, this Sunday morning off with your word, Lord, we start this off with prayer, and Lord, we need to start this thing off with your guidance, Lord, and your blessing. So Father, this morning as we open up this Sunday morning service, Lord, I just ask that you would have your willing way with it. Lord, bless this time that we have together, Lord, in this sanctuary that is your house. God, I pray that you would touch our hearts this morning. 
And God, I pray that you would convict those that may be here, Lord, that have, uh, just don't have that peace in their heart yet about the true love that they have towards you. Father, I pray through your words, uh, through your conversation with Peter that we're going to read today, God, that each one of us would have a better, a better feel uh, for what true love towards you really is. Lord, and I pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts to receive it. And Lord, I do ask that uh, each one of us can apply what we hear today, Lord, to our hearts and to our relationship that we have with you. God, as uh, we've gone through this week and we've seen a lot of, of torment uh, in this world and in this country, God, for those that are affected by the hurricane that came through, Lord, I pray that you would touch them. God, send men and women down there to help them, Lord, and, and guide them and get them back on their feet. God, I pray that you would send the right men and women at the right time uh, to be your hands and feet and be that witness, Lord, and, and uh, help those struggling people. Lord, for those here in the community that are sick, those in our hospital, uh, young, uh, I believe, Millsaps lady that is uh, struggling right now. God, I pray that you would just touch in her life, Lord. Uh, be with that family as they continue to struggle and ask questions and have doubts and concerns. But, Lord, I pray that they would turn their, their eyes to you and find uh, comfort and guidance in your word and in your love. God, we thank you again for this Sunday that you've given us together. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. So notice what uh, Jesus asked Peter, three times, he tells, asks him three times, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? Do you love me? In 2020, that's what we'd say, do you love me? Lovest thou me? Why three times? Why would he ask three times the same question over and over and over? I know this. As a parent, if I really want to get under the girl's skin, I don't just ask him once. I like to ask him a couple more times. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Eventually, I'm going to get her the right answer. I'm going to get what I want to hear. But Jesus asked Peter three times, Lovest thou me? Now, when Peter had an opportunity to show his love for Jesus, what did he do? He denied him three times. Jesus told him, When I caught crows, You'll have to deny me three times. So a threefold denial meant a threefold confession. It was around the fire, that fire of coal. The Bible says that Peter, the disciples, Jesus, they were all meeting here. You can go back and, and look at the first part of chapter 21 and, and read about that if you want to. But what you're going to see here is around that fire, Jesus, or I'm sorry, Peter had denied Jesus. And Peter needed to be restored into the ministry because with that denial of Jesus, he he lost something. I feel like he probably did lose a little bit of love. There's I can't imagine what went through Peter's mind when Jesus was crucified and, and now he's back. The things that he had said about Jesus and the love that he had told everybody how much he loved and told Jesus himself how much he loved Jesus. And then he denied him. You know, his feelings were hurt. You know, I bet he was ashamed. I would have been ashamed. As Peter, I would have been really ashamed. But it's now around that fire that Jesus is going to restore Peter to this ministry. And what a great ministry he has. Had, as still to this day, I believe. Think about how Peter felt during those few weeks after denying Jesus. That night before Jesus was crucified, Peter told Jesus over in Matthew 26, he said, Though... All men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Wow. 
John 13, 37, Peter says, that same night, I will lay down my life for thy sake. Peter loved Jesus. He had no intentions of letting Jesus down. As a Christian, none of us ever have any intentions of letting Jesus down. As a, as a parent, as a child, we don't have any intentions of ever letting down a parent. As a child, I never wanted to let my parents down. Did I? Absolutely. Did we all? More than likely. I had no intentions of doing it, but I just failed at some point. Did I disappoint them? Probably at some point. I've said something or done something that disappointed them. Peter's the same way. Peter disappointed Jesus. He denied him. Denied him. Now that same Peter, I want you to think about this same Peter. This same Peter that walked on water with Jesus. The same Peter right here that said, listen to what he said, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. That was Peter. The same Peter who cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. That Peter. That fiery little Peter, that Peter right here who dove into, he didn't just step into the water and swim. He dove, he, the Bible says that he girded himself with his, with, his, with his clothes. And the Bible says he's naked. And he girded himself and he dove in the water to go after Jesus. That same Peter that we're talking about, that fiery little Peter right here, Peter loved Jesus. That love that he had for Jesus is the exact same kind of love that we are to have for him we need to have that fiery love that love that we don't mind to tell people about but we got to back up that love see that's what happened with peter he didn't back up he didn't practice what he's preaching we got to back up that love that we have for jesus when we go out and we tell the world we love jesus we got to show that we love jesus got to show the world through word through action they need to see us at all times Peter loved Jesus, but Peter also failed Jesus. I'm going to park on that for just a second. He failed Jesus. There's a lot of things in this world that I've done. There's probably things in this world that you have done, and you felt like a failure. You failed your parents. You failed your coworkers. You failed your boss. You failed your spouse, whatever it might be. But there's one thing in this world that hurts worse than anything else, and that's when you feel like you failed Jesus. When you've had that opportunity to, to witness to somebody that's lost or struggling, and you just let it go. You just let it go. You just let it walk on by. You failed Jesus. That's the biggest failure. That's the biggest pain in my heart there is, is when I feel like I've failed Jesus. Now, when I fail my family, that's another, that's another kind of pain in my heart. But when I fail Jesus, that hurts me worse than anything. When I don't do what he's asked me to do or what he has called me to do, and right, there, right now, that's what's on Peter's mind. What does Jesus think of me? You ever done something, said something, and you stop, and you ask yourself, what does Jesus think about me right now? Did whatever I just say or do, did that please him? Did that make him smile? Did that offend him? Did that make him sad, unhappy? What did I just say? What did I do? And that's what Peter's going through right now in his mind. What does Jesus think about me? What does Jesus think of me? What does Jesus think of you? You ever felt like that? Like Peter failing Jesus? You ever feel like, I'll be honest with you, there's times I don't know how Jesus can love me. Because I guess in this world that we live in, 
we have this love that we have for one another. But it's not the same kind of love that we have for Jesus and Jesus has for us. So when we do something and we make somebody mad, you wonder, how are they ever going to love me? How can they forgive me and love me? But then you got Jesus. I'll go have Peter and Jesus right now. Peter's probably thinking, how can he ever love me after I just denied him? After I said from the beginning that, that I'd never leave him, I'd always love him. I'd, I loved him more than any of the other disciples that ever loved him. I love him that much, so much, that I would die for him. But yet, he denies him three times. How's Jesus ever going to trust me? Because I ain't going to say he lied. I know he always loved him, but he ended up denying him and who he was. When it was crunch time, Peter bombed. Peter failed. When it's time for the rubber to hit the road, he failed. We can do, we're the same way. We tend to fail too. Jesus needs to restore Peter back into that fellowship with him. And sometimes we get to a point in our lives where we need to be restored back into that fellowship with Jesus because we have failed him. Jesus has never failed us. We don't have to restore Jesus back into our fellowship. He has to restore us back into his fellowship because we failed him. Sometimes we fail him greatly, but he has never once failed me, ever failed me. I can't think of a time in my life when he has failed me. But I'm ashamed to say I can think of many times in my life where I failed him. And so I'm like Peter. I'm a lot like Peter. And I need to be restored back into that fellowship. And that's what Jesus wants to do for each one of us today. Restore us. We might have had a bad week. We've had a bad year. We've had a rough year. And I think a lot of people have doubted God right now. Does he exist? Is he really watching out for us? Is, is he really there? Does he really love us? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Some people have strayed. Some people have gotten stronger in their faith. And some people have gotten weaker in their faith because they feel like he just is not around. But he is. Some people need to be restored back into that faith, brought back in. So I told Miss Georgia a while ago, no matter what goes on in our lives, no matter what we lose, in our lives, we have got to keep the faith. Don't doubt him. Don't doubt him. You may lose things. It's just things. Don't matter. When you get to heaven, you ain't taking them with you anyway. Don't worry about it. But we've got to keep that faith. In spite of all our failures, Jesus wants to restore us back in that fellowship. Now listen to, to how Jesus, how he does this over in verse 15. The first part of 15. It says, so when... Uh, they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? S listen to him, he says, Simon, son of Jonas. Je Jesus doesn't call him Peter. He doesn't call him the rock, because that's what he was, was the rock. Not that rock, all right, just so you know. He didn't say, Peter, I don't smell what you're cooking. He says, he calls him Simon Peter. He says, son of Jonas. Jesus wants to restore Peter so he can become that leader of the new church. He wants him to become that strong rock. The rock. It's what he wants him to be. But right now he's got too much doubt in himself. Peter, not Jesus. Peter has too much doubt in himself to be a strong leader. 
And so he just refers to him as Simon Peter, son of Jonas. At some point, he will be restored back into it, and he will become that rock. For now, Jesus goes by calling him Simon Peter until he finds that strength. Now look at these two words right here in verse 15. Two words. And this is where I got hung up studying. Than these. Two words. Than these. Now listen to this. Does these mean fish? These mean nets? These mean boats? Is he saying, Simon Peter, do you love me more than fishing? Simon Peter, Peter, do you love me more than fishing? Wow. There's a lot of people in this world, I believe, love Jesus more, or love fishing more than Jesus. I like to fish, not more than I love Jesus. I like to hunt, not more than I love Jesus. You can take that act of fishing and make it your God if you're not careful. I love fishing as much as the next person, except for Paisley. She loves it more than me. I love fish, but not more than I love Jesus. So he's asking him right here, do you love me more than fishing? Jesus is very serious about sacrificing ourselves when it comes to him. He's very serious about this. Over in Luke 18, it tells us, and he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. Look how serious Jesus takes following him. Now listen to this over in Luke 14. It says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate, that's a big word right there, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Hate. What a word. But it's not the word that you're thinking of. We, we, all, we tell our kids, don't say hate. That hate. Hate's a strong word. You dislike something, but never say hate. You don't hate this. You don't hate that. You dislike it. But the word hate right here is used as a comparison. It's to comparing your love for Jesus with your love for things of the world. You can't compare your love for Jesus with the love for the things of the world. It's two different things because he's not of the world. How do you compare your love for Jesus, who is not of this world, with things that are of this world? You can't. That's apples oranges. You ain't going to do it. So we are to love Jesus more than anything. Look at what Luke 14, 33 says. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me more than things? And right now, Jesus is asking us the exact same thing. Church, do you love me more than things? Church, do you love me more than the worldly things? Do you love me more than your job? Do you love me more than your, your, uh, your vehicles? Do you love me more than your dogs? Do you love me more than your boat and your guns? Do you love me? I can't answer that. I love Jesus. I can't answer that for y'all, though. I love him. And he loves me. And I'm trying to be very cautious right now about the things that I love more than Jesus. I have to be very cautious. Sometimes I get wrapped up in things. 
And when I start getting my mind on certain things in life, I tend to forget about the person I love the most. And that's Jesus. When I start focusing on worldly things, I, and I'll be honest with you, this, and it hit me coming back from Florida last week. We got that brand new, nice van. And on the way back, my boss had called me, and he told me, he said, man, I got sick. He said, we bought this thing. And he said, I got sick. He said, I don't know what it was. And then I'm thinking, well, I didn't spend money that they spent on it. But what I'm thinking about is, am I going to start dedicating more time to try and figure out how to use this van than I should? Am I getting ready to take this van and start making it a priority? So I found myself this week not doing that. And I, I've made myself a promise. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that van, this new endeavor at the office, my priority. Jesus is going to stay my priority. He's going to stay number one. Now let's take Peter out of the picture for just a second. Jesus asking us the exact same question. Do you love me more than things? Peter right now doesn't exist. This is just you and God. Do you love Jesus more than things? You hash that out with him, not me. That's between you and him. Do you love Jesus more than things? Where are you putting ahead of Jesus? Do you love Jesus more than, than things? Or does these things, these, I'm sorry, these, 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 mean people? The, are these things, these people? What Jesus might be asking him right there is, Peter, do you love these disciples more than you love me? Do you love your family more than you love me? That's another big question. And I know where I, what y'all are thinking. I'm going to try to help you here just a second. All right, let's take, let's take Peter back out of the picture again. And he's asking the same question. Do you love other people more than you love Jesus? Do you love your spouse more than Jesus? Do you love your kids more than Jesus? Do you love your friends more than Jesus? Think about it. There's two types of love there. Two types of love. You have filial love and agape love. Agape love is a God-sized love. Agape love, I know I preached on this before. Agape love is the kind of love you have towards Jesus, the kind of love Jesus has towards us. Then you have filial love, and that's the kind of love that we have amongst each other. That brotherly love. But is there anybody in your life more than you love Jesus? Anybody more than you love Jesus? I love that woman right here with all my heart. I truly do. But not more than I love Jesus. It's a kind of love that I can't describe. They, and I've said it before, I know. But they say that the love that Jesus has towards us is the closest thing here on earth is the mother's love for her children. I'm not a mama. I'm a daddy. I know how much I love my girls. And the thoughts of, of, of Maria loving them girls, it just blows my mind because I love them. I just love them. But supposedly she loves them more than I do. But then you turn and look at Jesus, and he loves us more than Maria loves them girls. And I can't fathom that. My little mind can't comprehend that kind of love. That's a, that's a big old love. That is, that's a agape. That's a God-sized love. 
Who do we love more than Jesus? It better be nobody. It better be nobody. If you love them differently than, than you love Jesus, then you're on the right track. If you love your family differently than you love Jesus, you're doing well. And I mean differently as in you've got your agape love for Jesus and you love him with your whole heart. And then you have your filio love over here. That's all Greek. Literally, it's Greek. And it's all over here. So you've got to split them out. But you can never bring that filio love and put it past your agape love because that means right then you're going to love someone more than you love Jesus. And you can't do that. You cannot do that. Now look at Peter's response right here. In uh, verse 15, he says, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And that love that, that Peter is talking about now, that's that love, like I was telling you, that filial love, that's that love that we have for one another. So the earthly Peter, looking at Jesus, has that filial love. He has that brotherly love with Jesus. That's not what Jesus is asking him. Jesus don't want to know, do you love me like a brother? He wants to know, do you have agape love for me? Do you have an overwhelming, God-sized love towards me? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I'm really fond of you. You know that I love you. You know that I, I do have a love for you. That's Peter's response back. Yeah, I love you. But that's not what Jesus wants to hear. That's a pretty vague response, honestly. Jesus is asking Peter if he loved him enough to forsake everything and everyone to follow him. And he's asking us the same thing today. Do you love me enough to forsake and to, to just forsake everything and everyone just to focus on him? There ain't a lot of people in this world that's willing to do that, to give up everything that they have to follow Jesus. Top of the list, missionaries. That's as close as I've ever seen to someone giving up everything they have to follow Jesus and to follow his will and to stay right where he wants to be. But not all of us are called to missions either. We're all called to do different things. But we all have to make sacrifices to stay inside the will of God. And we don't like doing that, I know. We've got to make those sacrifices. Think about it this way. Try to, try to help make this make more sense. Back in your younger, wilder days, some of y'all might have had some. Hunter, did you ever date anybody and you really, really liked her and you wanted to get a little more serious and then she says, I just want to be friends? It hurts, don't it? <laughs> y'all, some of y'all may have experienced that before. You really liked somebody and you wanted to, to be more serious and then turn and look at you and say, I just want to be friends. It hurts. It hurts to hear that. And that's almost what Peter is telling Jesus there at first is, I just, I love you like a friend. You're a friend. And he is a friend. Jesus is definitely a friend. But he doesn't want that friend type of love from us. He wants agape love. He wants an, a, a, a God-sized love coming from our hearts towards him. That's what he wants from us. So Peter didn't really answer him the way he wanted. I just have a friend love towards you. 
There's a difference between agape and filio love, and I guess the, I can try to explain it this way, and it hit me yesterday, and I, hopefully this makes a lot of sense for you guys. Road trips. You guys ever take a road trip? Don't take one with me. I don't stop. I, the only time I stop is when we get gas. Ain't that right? I don't stop. You don't drink your coffee. Don't drink water. Do not drink anything in my vehicle because I ain't stopping. So we're driving down the road. I got to pee. All right? That's filio love. I got to pee. But we're going down the road, and you say, I really, 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 really got to pee. That's agape love. That's, a, that's an intense <laughs> burning pain. All right? That's what agape is. It's an intense kind of love. You have an intent. I can't explain it. If you love Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. It's a deep down burning love that you have for Jesus in your heart, not your bladder. <laughs> you got this love for him that you cannot explain and you you can't tell people you really can't tell people what it's like you can try but it don't work most of the time me and preacher bradley swift was talking uh friday i met him out in blown rock we i just swung by for a 10 minute conversation he works for blown rock pd i just need to pop in and ask him a couple questions i was there two and a half hours we had church three or four times there in the parking lot but we were talking about that intense, burning love that we have for Jesus. And he said, have you ever tried to explain it to somebody? I said, I can't. He said, I can't either. It's just there. If you love him, it's just there. You just feel it, and you just know that it's real, and it's so hard to explain to people. And it is there. It's, it's, it's a kind of love that's, the, uh, what I read here this week says, it's a, it's a love, love is, agape love is an intense, urgent, committed love. Well, here's the problem. Peter can't commit himself to that kind of love yet because I think he, he has doubts because of what he done to Jesus earlier. He's got doubts, so he can't commit to that agape love yet. He's afraid of saying that if he loves Jesus, then he might fail him again. That is the same thing we're going through right now. So many people in, probably in this church, I know in this world right now, are going through this. I love Jesus but I can't commit to loving him fully yet because I failed him. I failed him a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I failed him, and I can't commit myself to him yet because I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to be another failure. You know what? If, if Jesus can forgive Peter, if Jesus can use Peter to build that church and to blaze that trail for so many men, to, especially in, in the ministry, if he can... Forgive him and restore him back into that ministry. He can do that for us too. Amen. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about where you failed him. Ask God to forgive you for failing him. He will forgive you for failing him. And he's going to restore you and use you again. Try harder next time. Try not to fail him. Now listen to what Jesus has to, to say to, to Peter in response. Over in uh, verse 15, the last part of 15 says, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. We ain't got to the sheep yet. Feed my lambs. I'm going to paraphrase this, and this is the best way I can explain it. This is like Jesus saying, Peter, until you can totally commit to me, I'll give you a ministry. Go feed my lambs. You can do it because I love you. He's telling us, church, here's your ministry. Go feed my lambs. Do you want to know who the lambs are? My, this is my opinion. This probably don't count for much. We got a few lambs around here. We got Paisley and Cindy and Abby. Ariel's still a lamb. 
We've got two over here in the corner. Them are lambs. We have a ministry right here with these kids. That's lambs. We have a ministry. We have a responsibility as Christians, as members of this church, to feed these lambs. Whether it's one of these days Sunday school or Bible school, whatever it might be, we have a responsibility. We have our own ministry right now with these young'uns and feeding them and ministering to them and helping grow them and mature them and mold them into the Christians that they'll be one day for this church, for this church. We have a responsibility. And so Jesus is saying, here's your ministry. Go feed my lambs. Go, go, he says, Peter, go out to the young'uns and minister to the young'uns, to the young ones. Now look at verse 16 again. It says, and he saith unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. So he asked Peter the same question again, but this time he leaves out more than these. He leaves out those three words, more than these. So now he has to focus. Peter's got to focus on Jesus. Do you love me? That's it. He left it right there. Do you love me? Nothing to compare to. Do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than your boat? Do you love me more than your nets? Do you love me more than the disciples? He left that out. And he said, just focus on me. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, I do. Of course. I done told you once. I love you. Peter's answer. He said, I love you a lot. Again, now he's, he's getting a little bit, little bit deeper. He's past that filio love. He's trying to get a little bit deeper. I love you. I love you a lot, Jesus. I love you a lot. And Jesus says, now feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Tend to my sheep. Now, who are the sheep? Plus, I didn't call your name out a while ago. We're sheep. The older ones. We're the sheep. He said, Peter, here's part, another part of your ministry. Go tend to the sheep. Go tend to the Christians. You're already tending to the young Christians, to the lambs. I also need you to tend to the sheep as well, to the older Christians. I need you to take care of them, feed them. When he said, when I say feed them, I need you to preach. I need you to preach hard and tend to these sheep. Take care of them. That's what shepherds do. As a pastor, as a preacher, we're under shepherds, and we are to tend to the, to the flock. And inside that flock are sheep and lambs, and sometimes goats. But that's, no, <laughs> that's just not. Now listen, <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Now listen to this, not only teach, which means feed, the young Christians, which are lambs, but he says tend, which is feed the older Christians, the sheep. That's all of us. We're in the same boat as Peter. As Christians, we are to tend to the lamb and the sheep of the church. God will use us. Don't feel like a failure. Maybe you did something in the church that you felt like it was wrong. And you said, I'm not doing this anymore. Get over it. If, God, if you've asked God to forgive you, he's forgiven you. Get over it and get back to work. He's got something for us. We have people in this church that need to hear about Jesus. And they need to see Jesus on you. Get over your problems. Ask Jesus to forgive you and get back to work. 
He wants us to feed the lambs. He wants us to tend to the sheep. All of us. Tend to the sheep. Tend to those lambs. He sees Peter's heart right here. Verse 17, he says, He saith unto him, The third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now listen to Peter. You know Peter's fiery anyway. He's probably getting pretty mad. But listen to what he says. Peter was grieved because he said unto him, The third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. He was mad. He was grieved. The Bible says grieved. Peter, I'm, he, Jesus saying, Peter, I'm going to meet you where, you are, where you're at. I know that you're, you love me. He said, Peter, I know your love's going to grow for me. As Christians, our love continues to grow for Jesus. The more we do for him, the, the more we love him. It's, it's like any relationship that we have. You start out dating. All right, you start out with, you know, a few first dates, and you just you do, you date a little bit, and you talk on the phone a little bit, and, and your relationship grows. And the more that relationship grows, the more in love you become with that person. And then eventually, you, hopefully, you marry. That's the same with Jesus. The more we communicate with him, the more we talk to him, the more we deal with him, in spirit and in love, the more that we build that relationship with Jesus, the more in love that we're going to come or become with him. And that's what he wants, for us to get so deep in love with him that we don't see anything else except for him. That's what he wants. And that's what we need to be striving for. And at some point, like I said, within your relationship, at, at the end of that relationship from boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, becomes that marriage. Well, what are we? Are we not the bride? We're the bride. Jesus is the groom. So the more in love that we get with him, someday he is going to come get us. Someday our heavenly father is going to stand up and he's going to say, go get your bride. And this love that we keep building and building and building down here and this relationship that we keep working on down here with Jesus, that someday is going to finally, it's not going to end. It's gonna, we're going we're gonna to sit down and we're going to have supper with Jesus, that marriage table. And we're finally going to be joined together in heaven for eternity. But we've got to be building our relationship with him right now. Do you love him? Do you love Jesus? Are you building that relationship right now? Are you getting more and more in love with him every day? Do you love Jesus? Now listen to this. Peter is grieved. Not because Jesus asked him three times, but because Jesus had to come down to Peter's level. Peter used to be a little bit higher up there because of his, the way he acted and his words and how much he, he respected and honored and loved Jesus. But then he failed him, and he felt like he, he fell down a few levels. Didn't lose the salvation or nothing like that. He just, he just wasn't where he needed to be. Jesus is asking us this morning, the same as he's asking Peter right now. Do you love him? Do you love me? He's not saying, do you go to church? I know we're in here to say, do you read your Bible? Or, or, or do you pray? Or do you believe the Bible? That's not what he's asking us. It's more than what he's asking each one of us. Do you love him? Do you love Jesus? More than anything else in the world, do you love Jesus? And I'll take it a little bit further. 
do you really, 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 really love Jesus? I mean, really, 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 really love Jesus. I can't answer that for anybody but myself. I hope you love Jesus as much as I love my Jesus. I hope everybody in this church right now has a relationship with him, and it just keeps growing stronger and stronger and stronger every day. The more you read, the more you pray, the more you talk to him, converse with him like we're supposed to, the more we walk with him, the more in love you're going to become with him. And so next week I can come back and ask you, do you love Jesus? And you can say, I love him more today than I did yesterday. I love him more this Sunday than I did last Sunday. But do you love him now? Do you have that relationship with him? I, read, I was reading this this week. So Jesus isn't giving you a sugar pill. He's giving you some bitter tasting medicine. He don't sugarcoat nothing. He gives you exactly what you need. And it ain't, sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow. Sometimes it's pretty bitter tasting. But it's because he loves you. I remember the girls were sick one time, and we had to give them some special medicine. You know what I mean? And it burnt going down. And I remember, I think Abby was the one dancing out there. I, I don't remember, but it burnt going down. Because we loved her, we had to give her medicine that, we knew it would work. We couldn't just give her something simple that might have to give her several doses. We had to give him something to burn it out, get it out of him quick before it got bad. Jesus does the same thing with us. He's not sugarcoating what he needs done, what, what needs to be done in your life. All right, he's giving you something that's sometimes it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. This right here is your pill, by the way. Have you ever tried to swallow a square pill? It hurts going down. That's what this is. This is your pill. And it hurts sometimes going down. It's going to get worse, I promise you. She's going to beat the tar out of him. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> this is your pill. It's a hard pill to swallow. And it's going to burn. It's going to sting. But that's what it takes to get that sin out of your life, that infection out of your life. That's what sin is, an infection. And it takes this pill to get it out. Swallow it. Swallow that pill. Let Jesus clean you up. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Father, this morning as we dismiss this service, God, we just want to come to you, Lord, and just thank you for love. There ain't nobody loves us like you do. There ain't a man, woman, child on the face of this earth right now that loves us unconditionally like you do, Father. And I thank you for that love that you bestow upon us every single day, for that unwavering love that you have put in our hearts. Lord, as we go and, and we try to please you, Lord, and we know that we fail you, you will always still love us. God, that's the kind of love that we can't comprehend this side of heaven. But, Lord, we thank you for it and we praise you for it. And I pray, Lord God, as we go about our business this week, Lord, I pray that whatever our business might be, Lord, it be pleasing to you, Lord, and, and we would have opportunity to tell others about how much you love us. Man, we, as we've read John 3, 16, our whole lives, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, that's just a snippet of the love that you have for us because we can't. We can't describe it. We, can't, we, we have no definition for your kind of love. 
But Lord, I pray that you'd give us the words to tell somebody about how much we love you and how much you love us. And Lord, I pray that today as we close out this service, Lord, that each one of us has that kind of love in our heart. The kind of love that's, Lord, that it's just indescribable. But Lord, it's there. And we've got it. And Lord, I pray we hang on to it and tell others about it. Lord, I do want to lift up those again that are sick this week. Lord, that just need a touch from you. Lord, there's nothing that, no doctor here on earth that can, that can cure what's going on. But Lord, there's a great physician that we know that's got full control of the situation. And I pray, Lord, that we would turn to you and allow you to have that control. Be with us this week as we go about our business. Be with us this week and give us opportunities to be a blessing and be a witness. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll dismiss and we'll see you guys Sunday morning.